You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Reception Perception, the show. James Cole and Matt Harmon. Give me one wide receiver that is moving up your dynasty ranking so far this season. Brandon Ayuk. It was certainly this summer that I was moving him up anyway, and I had him in my top 15, um, you know, at least in redraft and probably in dynasty as the season before the season even got underway. But it, you know, getting a chance to see it actually on the field. Once again, it's just an additional confirmation that he needs to be considered a primary receiver in terms of what you're looking for as a fantasy guy with a, you know, in 12 team formats. He, to me, he, even with, you know, now that you see Brock Purdy and how he's played last, this past Sunday, notwithstanding against a really good Cleveland Browns defense, um, even then, I mean, you, you see the moments that he's had. He's just so good after the catch. He's become a, a strong route runner. Um, I like what he does at the catch point. I was a little worried after the first couple weeks with the shoulder injury and thinking, is he going to have to keep laying out for these things? He's going to be banged up all all year. But looks like he's rebounded nicely. And I'm excited about seeing him as really a – a, a solid wide receiver one for a dynasty team to build around. Obviously you're in good company with Brandon Ayuk. Uh, he, he's, <laughs> he's somebody that I have on my list to move up as well. So we're, we're on the same page with this first one here. And it's funny Waldman. Cause like I mentioned, I get, you know, these questions in my discord, right? Like when are you going to update the dynasty rankings? And part of me is like, yo guys, like, it, I mean, I can't be doing this every single week or, or else that's like a betrayal of the format right however i look at my dynasty ranks i'm like i'm still too low on brandon Ayuk, and and i'm i've been high on brandon Ayuk for like the last three years so i've been kind of ahead of the curve on Ayuk. but even my ranking now i think still needs like it needs to go up it needs to be reflecting of what you just said in that he is a true blue nfl wide receiver one at this point i'm curious from your standpoint what's been sort of your evaluation process of Ayuk? prior to this year and what do you think 
this year he's done as an individual to take that next step in your eyes. Yeah, and first, I mean, I do dynasty rankings as well, and I told everybody in early September, I'm doing them the first week of September before um, the season starts, and you're not going to hear from me until the end of October because I don't want to do all this crazy business of saying, Christian Kirk, he's not worth anything because he didn't get target share one week, you know, that kind of thing. So early on, I thought he was a very good slant and double move player out of Arizona State. Um, and certainly the after the catch stuff was compelling, but I, I didn't see as much from him as a route runner with what I watched to, to be able to conclusively project that he was going to become a primary wide receiver in the league. And, you know, there were certainly people who felt that way, but I felt when I was watching him, it seemed to me it was more rooted in athletic ability than necessarily, um, you know, technical conceptual skills. But as the seasons have progressed and the fact that one, he made it through the uh, obstacle course that is Kyle Shanahan's um, expectations (laughs) for an offense, you know, that's a, that's a glowing thing right there because as someone who was a big Dante Pettis fan in terms of Mm. what he could do as a player, and he basically failed out of that system or Richie James, who basically has been a good backup with, you know, opportunities to perform, but hasn't really quite played to, and kind of got sent out of there. Shanahan's one of those guys that's kind of a perfectionist of what he wants, knows exactly how he wants it done. And if I you could get through that, you know, that tells me that, you know, one, he's learned all three positions the way that he needs to. And then it started to manifest on the field. And then when you have a player like Purdy who processes the field well and can buy time in the pocket and doesn't seem to be harassed, doesn't seem to um, see his game go on tilt when he takes a hit or gets constant, you know, gets pressure. He can, he can do that a little bit better than Garoppolo. I've, you know, I've seen a player who's doing better on in-breaking routes, who's making adjustments on plays, and then you can see with that that the timing routes were nice. And so that's really what extended for me because I felt like I saw a slant player and a double-move guy who occasionally got some screens and some crossing routes at Arizona State. And I'm like, that's nice, but there it wasn't enough for me to, to move forward. Now I feel like I'm seeing a more well-rounded route runner who connects well with his quarterback and reads the defense on the same page with his quarterback. It's funny because obviously, like I said, I've been in Ayuk's corner a long time, but I, but not really from the collegiate perspective um, because I, I agree with a lot of what you said that he was mostly like kind of a wonky route runner and like an off man coverage merchant, like the press man stuff was not really there uh, in on his collegiate film. But then you saw him as a rookie and, you know, 83rd percentile success rate versus man 83rd against press as a rookie. And I was like, okay, now I'm in on Brandon. Ayuk based on what he's showing, but even Kyle Shanahan wasn't in on Brandon. Ayuk yet. Like there were still some details that needed to be tweaked out. Like he needed to get better at get zone coverage, reading defenses, as you mentioned. And Shanahan is a, I mean, he's a hard dude to please, right? Like he, he has really high standards, especially from the receiver position. 
right? Because he used to play receiver. There's a whole background there. So the fact that he did make it through that gauntlet is a credit to Ayuk. It shows that he can work his ass off. It shows that he can really be that type of um, that type of grinder. I actually think Waldman, in a weird way, Ayuk making that jump from like an off man coverage merchant and like again taking that step in the NFL I could see it leading to some bad evaluations for players going forward like well well Brandon Ayuk did it and he was a bad route runner in college and he became I think one of the 10 best route runners in the NFL right now it's not going to happen for everybody like I've probably said it on the show like oh maybe Quinton Johnston could do like Brandon Ayuk sort of jump and we're recording this just for transparency before Monday Night Football tonight so maybe Quinton Johnston had 10 catches for 190 yards but I tend to doubt it um like I said I I think that that could (laughs) that could be a situation where we do too much projecting based on what we saw out of Ayuk and, and so that's a little bit of like a cautionary tale but a big credit to him as a player yeah it's you know the the whole idea of what players do in terms of work ethic, and, and it's not even just work ethic, understanding how to work now that you're a pro and how to apply what it is that, you know, the practice habits and the learning habits that you need to get better. That's kind of a black box for most people who in media scouting anyway. And oftentimes in real scouting, like for actual teams, not saying media scouting isn't real scouting, but you know, the, yeah, the, it's just one of those things that you don't always know. You can interview these guys to death and ask some questions and they get coached up to give you the right answers that they think you're going to want to hear. But at the end of the day, do they know how to learn? Can they deal with criticism? Can they deal with Kyle Shanahan looking at you with disgust and, and telling you that you stink or whatever it is that he's doing? And can you, you know, figure out the way to work day after day and stay, maintain the priority that you need to while juggling things like learning the game plan, still being on the field, doing these things, but they want more from you than what you're actually getting right now. Things that we may not be seeing from say Kansas city chiefs wide receivers who are playing in a West coast offense. And we'll talk more about that down the line. I'm sure Um, I'll be bringing that up, but that's the thing is that, yeah. And then with Quentin Johnston, the only thing I'll say about Quentin Johnston is what I say a lot now is that, the biggest issue with Quentin Johnston is that he's like Ricky Bobby during the first interview after his first race where he's doing this and goes, I don't know what to do with my hands because yeah. he's uh, his attack of the football is really the biggest is the lowest hanging fruit for him to change from being a, a good prospect to a, a, a consistent producer and he's one of those guys that you look at and say, wow, he has got everything you need to be a vertical receiver who can win contested catches, except for the doesn't know how to attack the ball. And that's and the, the, the interesting thing about him is that, yeah, the route running has promise underneath. And you could see where that might be interesting too. But until the team trusts him to actually attack the ball on a, on a level that um, – that can breed, you know, reliable results. His his career trajectory looks more like a aspiring Gabriel Davis, who is a good football player, and it's amazing he can catch the ball the way he does. But the way he does it, it's kind of like he and Cortland Sutton. They clap attack a lot of things. They don't do a great, but at the same time, they're good enough to be in the NFL, good enough to start. But there's a difference between them and say, oh, Keenan Allen. DeAndre Hopkins, um, AJ Brown, guys who, when the ball hits their hands, it never moves. 
Yeah, no, I agree with you. And I don't want to do it like the whole Quentin Johnson thing because, again, he'll be play by the time this gets posted. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, you said like until the team trusts him, they better he better learn earn that trust fast if they want to go where they want to go this year because they absolutely need him in the wake of the Mike Williams injury. I'll talk uh, one mover here. Um, DJ Moore, I think, is somebody that coming into the year, I was from a dynasty perspective, like I just wonder if we've seen like the peak of DJ Moore. And I kind of sort of still feel that way. Like, I don't know where you think about him as a player. I think he's probably a very good, not great, certainly not elite number one wide receiver. But I think he is a bona f- – are we in agreement that he's like a bona fide one? Absolutely. Okay, yeah. So we're, we're on the same page there. We view him the same as a player. Um, and so maybe that's just like my answer. He should be in a group like kind of commensurate with those players for for me and my dynasty rankings, which I think if I'm looking at it right now, he's not. He probably does need to be ticked up a little bit. I think it's still like a lot of hope and wish casting with DJ Moore from a quarterback perspective because I think Justin Fields is – Right now, if I had to bet, he's not the Bears quarterback in 2024. They will probably be breaking in a rookie again in this year for the Chicago, next year for the Chicago Bears. But that could still be good in the long run for DJ Moore because one thing I'm definitely kind of like done with, I think it got seeped into the fantasy community that like, oh, if your guy is with the rookie quarterback, it, you, your number one receiver, it's it's not good. Right. And because of some recent prospects, but we've seen what CJ Stroud's done for Nico Collins. We saw what Anthony Richardson was doing for Michael Pittman before he got injured. Bryce Young, he don't have a damn wide receiver one to work with, although you could, he's pumping stats to Adam Thielen. So uh, there is at least that. Um, I think that if Caleb Williams or Drake May or whoever is the quarterback for DJ Moore next year, you know, that could be a, a good thing. And, He's he's probably a more proven player, I think, than any of those guys that I just mentioned. I'd push back on Pittman because I really like him, but but still, I think the future might be a little brighter for more right now than I had given it credit, you know, five months ago or something. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah, more for me was one of those guys that, he, in a lot of ways, he was very similar to Brandon Ayuk coming out at Maryland. Yes. He was a running back in a, you know, who had a knack for in-breaking routes. And then at Carolina, and I know you're a Carolina fan, so watching him, it's I thought a complicated he, relationship. Com, hey, I understand. I I I have I'm a fan of a team that begins with a C that has a very complicated relationship oh, yeah. too. So, but he breaks inside. I thought he was very good on dig routes and getting flat breaks on those types of routes and transitioning downhill. But his ability to win the contested route on the perimeter as a at Maryland was just really rough. And now he's actually, he I, I would say, competent to good at those types of routes. He's really improved over the course of his time. By I think by year three in Carolina, I thought that he had made strides. And you can see some of that with Chicago. So I'm with you. He's a I think that the assessment you're making is is a good one that he's not he's not an elite wide receiver one but he's a good wide receiver one where maybe Brandon Ayuk has a chance to continue his growth yeah. plan beyond DJ Moore. He's the guy I'd probably pick ahead of Moore. But if I got stuck 
quote unquote stuck with DJ Moore as my wide receiver one, I'd be happy. Cons- I'd be happy with that or fine with it at least. Yeah, I mean, even right now, there's a pretty good gap between Brandon Ayuk and DJ Moore in my dynasty rankings. I actually have Ayuk in a tier higher, but I think Ayuk needs to go up a tier, but I also think DJ Moore needs to go up a tier. Your point about DJ Moore is is pretty perfect based on reception perception. Like year three was kind of that year for him where he was pretty poor as a route runner in 2018, 52.7% success rate versus man. And he took a nice jump in his second season, almost a 10% jump which we never really see from year one to year two and then year three consistently from then on he's been over 70 percent success rate versus man which is a really really solid it's not that elite tier that that we're talking about where i think iu kind of is there as a route runner is man i just love love iu so much um but i think that we could get there with dj Moore, where he's just a solid steady number one receiver and like i said i think that okay he can still have some moments with Justin Fields for the rest of this year when Fields is is healthy. But so you're even this year, you're going to, if you trade for him right now, like you're going to get a pretty solid player the rest of this year. And then I just think that he's the type of guy that all the analysis that we had for DJ Moore, Justin Fields this year, where he's going to become Justin Fields' best friend, DJ Moore. Uh, he's going to become the next quarterback's best friend, no doubt about it, and could yeah. be like eight to 10 targets off the bus every single week. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company.